It's beginning to look a lot like X-Men. Hi, welcome to Witch Witch's Witch, a pop culture podcast about ladies who use magic. I'm Derek. And I'm Regina. And this episode is our annual X-Men Xmas special. Whee! So, Derek, tell me... Which X-Men witch are you going to tell me about today? I'm going to talk about the very first witch that was featured in the X-Men. She first appeared in X-Men issue number four. I'm talking about Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch. Wanda, better known as the Scarlet Witch, is a complicated woman. She is a half-Jewish Romani sorceress. And while she was originally a foe of the X-Men and later became one of their trusted allies, she is most known for being a member of the Avengers. She married an android and they had two magical babies who eventually became Avengers of their own, and she had a series of unfortunate psychological breaks that we'll get to later. For most of her history in Marvel Comics, she was believed to be a mutant and Magneto's daughter, but those were both revealed to not be the case as she was actually abducted by a mad scientist known as the High Evolutionary as an infant and experimented on along with her twin brother Pietro, better known as Quicksilver. She's been featured in numerous Marvel animated series and most recently appeared on the big screen as portrayed by Elizabeth Olsen. Who's really fabulous as Scarlet Witch, I think. She does a great job. She really makes the character come to life on screen, despite the fact that the character on screen bears little to no resemblance to the character in the comics. Absolutely none. But she does have great um, hand, magical hand gestures. You can't see what I'm doing right now, but I'm I'm pretending to also have magical hand gestures. There's a great deal of wild finger gesticulating. Lots of fingers. And it's very appropriate, yes. Okay, so let's get into our rules of witchiness. The first rule is that the witch in question identify as female. Does Wanda identify as female? Yes, Wanda Maximoff is definitely female. She's one of the most prominent female characters in Marvel Comics, the longest tenured woman in the Avengers, and one of the most formidable magicians in the Marvel Universe. She's a warrior, a wife, a mother, and an all-around badass with some unfortunate stories in her past thanks to some rather lazy writing on the part of comic book creators, mostly white men. I'm realizing now that we have an unintentional theme around our witches being warriors, wives, mothers, and victim to unfortunate plot points. Yes, I I am pretty sure that both of our magical ex-ladies, that's, that's letter X, not EX. We're, we're unfortunate victims of editorial fiat by, once again, white men who just wanted to sell books to teenage boys. While they're still both fantastic, wonderful characters, they kind of had some unsavory happenings. Definitely. But the other thing that they have is magic. So the second rule of witchiness is that the witch in question practices magic. How does Wanda practice magic? So Wanda demonstrates all sorts of abilities that could be referred to as magic. Her natural superhuman powers are based in chaos magic and generally allow her to alter reality to her whims. So sometimes that's manipulating matter. More often that's just flashy bolts of forceful energy. That's not because of how her powers work. It's because comic books are about quick, flashy violence more often than not. In addition to that, Wanda has studied a great deal of magic, from collecting ancient grimoires to studying with Doctor Stephen Strange. She's demonstrated telekinesis, teleportation, and even some limited psychic abilities. In particular, the recent solo series titled Scarlet Witch showed some really excellent implementations of the various types of magic she uses. At one point, when she's fighting off some thugs in France, she simultaneously casts a Hecka spell for the 
power ring from ancient Egypt and couples it with a tribal hand sign spell from the American Plains Indians to induce sleep on her opponents. Wow. I didn't realize she was so magically eclectic. Yeah, once she sort of leaned into being a magic user, she very much got into studying as many types of magic as she could and finding how she could make them all work together. Why not? Of course, right? Why, why wouldn't you want to study all the magic? Yeah, and I would also argue that it's another result of lazy writers in that they will only write about the types of magic that they've read about, and therefore they have to make her amenable to what they can write. Moving on to the third law of witchiness, is Scarlet Witch a feminist? So Wanda has an unfortunate history of being stigmatized as the crazy woman, and that frankly sucks, but it also helps to make a strong foundation for her as a great feminist character. The way she constantly fights to overcome her personal issues is a tremendous inspiration. She had a hysterical magical pregnancy and gave birth to twins composed entirely of magical energy, and she had major psychological breakdowns both when she realized they weren't quote-unquote real, and again years later when she remembered they existed after blocking out the whole incident. Wow. One of her psychological breaks resulted in the depowering of some Something like 98% of the mutant population on Earth. Another resulted in a massive magical assault on Avengers Mansion, which resulted in the deaths of several of her friends and teammates. Despite all of that, Wanda never gives up and never stops trying to make things better. We all make mistakes. We all do or say things that hurt ourselves and others. The important thing is that we strive to improve ourselves, and Wanda shows up. She stands in front of people who accuse her of ruining their lives, and she says, let me help. And that's huge. That's why a lot of pro-feminist comic book fans see a lot of themselves in Wanda and why they admire her. Yeah, it's interesting to me because I, I found this too when I was looking at my ex-witch. There's a lot of feminism that you can pull from the character and how she is approaching her life. But if you're reading it from a third party as the reader, the situations that she's in and the angle that you're looking at her definitely wouldn't be considered feminist. So there's that two-sided perspective that you can look at these characters and kind of determine where that feminism is coming from. Yeah, it kind of sucks that like the thing that makes them most feminist is the way they fail. Mm -hmm. But it's an unfortunate reality of life too, is like, how do we take our lumps? Right. How do we stand back up? What do we do after we've lost so much? Exactly, yeah. So the fourth law of witchiness is that the witch in question be persecuted or misunderstood. Tell me about Scarlet Witch being persecuted or misunderstood. So let's start by saying that the Marvel movies already don't understand Wanda. Hmm. When she and Pietro are introduced in the film Avengers Age of Ultron, their powers are explained by saying he's fast and she's weird. That's not a very good explanation. Wanda has been persecuted probably more than any other character in the Marvel Universe. She was raised Romani, which already made her and her brother Pietro outcasts. Their powers developed as they were being chased out of their village by angry villagers who feared and hated the Romani. Then Wanda and Pietro joined Magneto's Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, which classified them as terrorists. Even after joining the Avengers and being vouched for by Captain America, the American public still saw Wanda and Pietro as criminals and genetic freaks. Then of course, 
Wanda wiping out the majority of mutant powers didn't help things, and she was something of a pariah amongst the superhuman community, with several people considering killing her for the greater good, including known humanitarian and founder of the X-Men, Charles Xavier. He's a jerk. He is a jerk. Also, Wanda recently discovered that she's not really a mutant, but rather a genetic experiment, and that just opens up a whole new jar of distrust in society. So, yeah, a whole lot of misunderstandings there. Yeah, definitely. Lots... Lots and lots of misunderstanding. Although I feel hope. I feel hope for the X-Men and their future big screen adventures because now, now that Fox has been incorporated into the Disney machine. Correct. I am excited for this because perhaps our X-Men will be treated with a little bit of a different take and 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 maybe maybe Scarlet Witch will get a little bit more to her than just she's weird and then maybe my favorite my favorite X-Men Beast will finally be treated the way he needs to be treated and not like a bargain basement Hulk. I want to be on the same page as you as a lifelong X-Fan and as someone who has really enjoyed and really been fond of almost all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe films. Yes. Uh, there are a few that just didn't quite deliver. Ant-Man. But at the same time, those movies didn't do a great job with either Scarlet Witch or Black Widow, so That's true. I'm not That's also true. gonna hold my breath on this. I just want them to do anything else with Beast than what they've done, really, is the point. I want them to finally get the Fantastic Four right, oh, because Fantastic that's a, Four that's fair. have so that, much potential. It's very possible that could happen i don't know we'll see i also want a, a buddy road trip movie with cable and the winter soldier mm-hmm. because he's from the past he's from the future <laughs> they both have cyborg <laughs> arms what sort of wacky shenanigans will they get up to neither one of them has a sense of humor it'll be great get sebastian stan and josh brolin to sign up for that oh my god i just realized josh brolin is playing two characters in the marvel cinematic universe now Whoa. he's both cable and thanos in the same studio. I told you that. Studio. Um, every time Violet sees Thanos on screen, she goes, he's a bad guy. He's in a timeout chair. Yeah, but she loves bad guys. She does love. She does love bad guys. <laughs> I want Beast and, and Tony Stark and Bruce Banner to have a science bro triumvirate where they all hang out and are awkward together. Marvel Studios presents Science Bros. Yes, please. I'm into it. Anyway, the fifth and final law of witchiness is that the witch in question is bonded to a sentience larger than herself. Tell me, is Wanda bonded to a sentience? So Wanda is very attuned to the magic in the world around her. When she sensed that there was something amiss with the source of magic, she consulted with the Greek god Hecate. Most importantly, though, is Wanda's personal trainer and magical sidekick, Agatha Harkness. Agatha is old enough to remember the day Atlantis sank, roughly 10,000 BC, and is one of the most revered magic users in all of history. It was Agatha who helped Wanda understand where her magic came from and how to control it, and even after Agatha died for the second time, her spirit stood by Wanda's side, aiding her through her studies and adventures, right up until Agatha was resurrected yet again, like you do. Like you do! Because in X-Men comics and magic and all of those adventures, Nobody stays dead, as we will cover with your witch as well. Yes, nobody ever stays dead. This is true. N-E-R-D, no one ever really dies. <laughs> no one ever really dies. It's true. Yeah, I'm going to cover some necromancy. 
for sure. Mm -hmm. And some uh, dying and coming back and a couple of retcons because the you don't it's not always well I'm alive again because I've been resurrected. It's I'm alive again because it's al I'm alive again because the story you read wasn't the whole truth. Yes, exactly. When is it ever? I'm alive again because some writer found a loophole in the background art and said, oh, oh hey, something actually happened there that nobody noticed. Hey, hey. So I think that fairly well gives us a primer on who Wanda Maximoff is. There's plenty of comics out there for people who want to do more research on her. Oh my gosh, there's so much X-Men. Let's cover your witch, Regina. Who is your ex-lady witch of the day? My ex-lady is Madeline Pryor. Ooh. And she has the fun and convoluted story of being a genetic duplicate of Jean Grey, created by Mr. Sinister and designed to procreate with Cyclops, which she does. She has Cyclops' baby and then pretty quickly is abandoned by him when he learns that Jean Grey is alive again. I mean, not cool, Cyclops. That's rude. Not cool. Bunch of stuff happens. She ends up in a coma and then can't find Scott or her baby. She is then seduced by a literal demon from hell and becomes the Goblin Queen, steals a bunch of babies, takes over New York City before committing suicide so that Jean Grey can feel the pain of her death, only to years later be brought back to life by the alternate reality version of her son, who himself was a genetic experiment by Mr. Sinister in that timeline. Madeline also tries to bang her alternate reality son before developing her own mutant powers that she never had before her original death. Yeah, that's um pretty straightforward. Totally you know, straightforward. Typical origin story. Very simple. So she's a genetic clone. Uh-huh. They had a son, and then in another timeline, uh -huh. they, there, there was a son with not the clone, but that son was a clone because of genetic engineering. Uh-huh. And then that clone son uh -huh. came into her world yes. and brought her back from the dead. Did I mention that son is Cable? Cable. The aforementioned Josh yeah. Brolin character. Correct. Oh, yes. My Bringing goodness. it all back around. Yes. X-Men are fun. Let's hop right into the magical rules of witchiness. Can you tell me, does Madeline Pryor identify as female? Yes. Madeline does identify as female because she was originally created as a clone substitute for Jean Grey by Mr. Sinister, as we discussed. It's unsurprising that she has a bit of an identity crisis, but she never really questions her gender expression. When Madeline meets Scott Summers, aka Cyclops, for the first time and they fall in love, Scott is very clearly hot for Madeline because she's the genetic duplicate of Jean with different hair. Madeline is no dummy though, she's very conscious that Scott is in Rebound City and may just like Madeline for how close to Jean she looks. They work it out though and end up getting married and immediately attacked while on their honeymoon because this is X-Men and the only thing X-Men love more than retcons is making sure Scott Summers has a bad day. How did I get here? Oh right, Madeline. She identifies as female. All right, yeah. So you you brought up a point that has been sticking in my mind for a very long time. They have different hair, <laughs> and while that doesn't seem like it should be a big issue, because like my wife changes her hair, and I still recognize that she is my wife. Do you though? People change their hair all the time. I I'm I'm pretty sure I do. I I haven't been surprised by a stranger. How do you know she's not a genetic clone and one of the many Summers brothers? Well, now you've just ruined my entire <laughs> life. But at the same time, like I 
reread that initial arc where they introduced Madeline several times in my life. Sure. So Paul Smith is an excellent artist. He does very good character work. The way he draws Madeline does not look like the way he draws Jean. There are so many scenes where like somebody picks up a photograph of Jean and they like are like, oh, hey, is this your wife, Madeline? And Jean clearly has this bouncy, curly, big old shock of red hair with all these black streaks in it because comics. <laughs> and Madeline has this like short bob with bangs. And it's like, no, they look totally different. Granted, like it's comics. There's only so many lines to make up the face. So maybe their faces are very similar. But it's hard to tell as the reader because all I see is a very simple shape of a face and then this expressive hair. They look different. I don't know. It's it's also Cyclops. I mean, I feel like you got to suspend your disbelief because it's Cyclops. And of course, Cyclops would be fooled. I don't know. How does Cyclops keep falling for redheads? Everything he sees is red because of that ruby quartz visor. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't all blondes also seem to be redheads to him? Doesn't that just make sense? I have no answer for this. There's all this talk over the years about how Scott just keeps falling in love with redheaded girls, and it's like, everything is red to him. That's There's true. a great line in uh, in Bojack Horseman when, when he and Lisa Kudrow's character are breaking up, spoiler, where she says, you know, when you look at the world through rose-colored glasses, all of the red flags just look like flags. I feel so attacked right now. Okay, let's move on before I hurt you more deeply. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about our second rule? How does Madeline Pryor practice magic? So in Madeline's form as Goblin Queen, Eldritch Demonic Powers activate abilities in her that include the power to warp reality. As a baseline, though, she has telepathy, telekinesis, force blast, teleportation, wound healing, and necromancy. At some point, if I remember correctly, she faces off with another ex, which we've covered, Ileana Rasputin, and ends up taking Ileana's powers and position as ruler in limbo. I'm going to take this moment to say Madeline Pryor is amazing and possibly a cooler character than Jean Grey, even though she has a much smaller role in the comics than Jean does. Phoenix Force? Schmenix Force, I will take hell-powered magic any day. All of this to say that Madeline didn't start out with any powers at all, right? She was a clone. No, she, was, she seemed to be just a normal human. She was a normal human, and it wasn't until Jean Grey dies on the moon, and then the Phoenix Force is like, well, where do I go now? I guess I'll go into this genetic duplicate of Jean Grey, since I have no place to be. And then Madeline develops some powers. Well, she didn't really demonstrate powers at that point either. It's just like it sort of gave her a spirit of life. Life that she didn't have before. She was still totally baseline human the whole time she was with Cyclops. I mean, so they were on some sort of expedition in, I want to say, Alaska. Yeah, because they moved back to Anchorage where, because that's where they met, because they were in Anchorage. Right. And so like she got alien powers and called herself Anodyne because she was a healer, but that was like for a week. Yeah, for like a week. And then she went back to being baseline human. And there was this whole thing when like, when she and Scott split up and Scott went off with X-Factor and she hung out with the X-Men and they all went to Australia. Right, yeah. She was like... She was just regular old human. She was just a regular old human who like ran their computers mm-hmm. while they all had superpowers and fought cyborgs. Right. It isn't until the Goblin Queen incarnation with the hell demon seduction and the demon powers that she starts getting these powers and then... Again, like all of those other powers that I was talking about, those happen after she was resurrected. Yeah. And the thing you said about her getting Ileana's powers sounded very familiar to me. I think that happened in the Secret Wars series of Inferno. Pretty sure. Which was really, really good. There were a lot of things to not like about Secret Wars, but that book was not one of them. Yes. Secret Wars Inferno ruled. Yes. If you want to have really fun adventures with Madeline Pryor and Ileana and an adorable romance between Colossus and Domino, definitely check out Dennis Hope 
Hopeless's run of Secret Wars Inferno. So moving on to the third rule of witchiness, can you tell me a little bit about how Madeline Pryor practices feminism, if at all? Well, maybe? In her incarnation as Red Queen of the Hellfire Club, not to be confused with her incarnation as Goblin Queen, she assembled a team called the Sisterhood of Mutants, which consisted of Spiral, Lady Deathstrike, Lady Mastermind, Martinique Jason, and Chimera. Yay, lady team of ladies! That's a fantastic team awesome. of ladies. Awesome. Granted, her ultimate aim was to use this team to get a body strong enough to hold her mind as she was basically a floating sentience in the astral plane at that point. Don't ask. She did promise many things to the members of the Sisterhood, and one could argue that Lady supporting ladies in any way in pop culture, in particular in comics, is pretty feminist on its own. That said, her whole convoluted arc being a clone of another woman made for selective breeding and then the loss of her baby leading her to be easily manipulated by a hell demon to become a super villainess. Well, none of that from a reader's perspective is particularly feminist. In my opinion, however, Madeline is a feminist, even if she's subject to some strange and patriarchal plot points. She's powerful, driven, and starts her own lady team after joining the Hellfire Club, all while dealing with a pretty miserable set of circumstances surrounding the man she loves, her baby, and trips to Hell Dimensions. The thing that drives me nuts about people's portrayal of Madeline Pryor, her husband just walks out the friggin' door, doesn't even say goodbye, doesn't call her, doesn't tell her where he is. She just had a baby. She just had a baby. They're still in the hospital, I think, when this happens, right? He gets the call and they're still in the hospital infant baby they've had no bonding time whatsoever and he just walks away and doesn't say a word and she doesn't know if he's alive she doesn't know what happened to him even before they had the baby from the moment they were married scott was like okay cool i need to take care of my family now and then like two days later is like nope nope i'm back with the x-men you gotta leave the x-men and like a a depowered storm who we talked about last year has to beat scott in hand-to-hand combat to prove that she is capable of leading the x-men and he can go be with his family and scott still doesn't refuses he's just like no this is my job all of the x-men are like go be with your wife and baby and he's like no i gotta i gotta tell you guys how to fight bad guys and they're like no go be with your wife and baby scott sucks he's terrible He's almost as terrible as Charles Xavier. They're both jerks. They're both jerks. Scott Summers is a jerk. <sighs> I I absolutely empathize with Madeline Pryor. Like, sure, she does some incredibly evil things. There's, like, scenes from Inferno where, like, so when she has demons take over all of New York City, everything in New York City becomes possessed by mm-hmm. evil demons. There's, like, traffic meters biting people. There's, like, vacuum cleaners attacking families in their homes. Like, everything, every physical thing in New York City turns evil more so than it regularly is because this is not a great city to be in. Uh, I kid. I love New York. I've spent my whole life here. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Fourth rule of witchiness is that the witch comes from a place of persecution and misunderstanding. Is Madeline Pryor misunderstood or persecuted? I mean super villainous so yes definitely persecuted and misunderstood by scott summers which to be fair isn't very hard i would also say she's misunderstood by her creator mr sinister who gravely misunderestimated her and her powers mr sinister thinks of himself as a master tactician but screws up a lot yeah a lot he's got that costume with that like he's got this collar that i feel like is sentient i'm sorry i'm I really like costuming. He's got like just a big cape that looks like it was run general, through a yeah, shredder. Yeah, but it looks like 
It looks like he put his cape through a shredder. His costume is made of like six foot long strands of leather fringe. Yeah. I'm sorry, did I say leather fringe? I meant pleather fringe. Pleather fringe. He kind of looks like he would be a wrestler from like... 1980s early 90s professional wrestling it always bothered me that in like the x-men cartoons and whatnot mr sinister was not voiced by david bowie mm. because he is the most bowie villain he is the most bowie i can think villain. of outside of the the goblin king yeah yeah you know what that probably inspired <laughs> the way they made madeline Pryor. like oh well when mr sinister like makes a evil villain he's so bowie the lady will be the goblin queen that just makes sense it does it just makes sense i think i just had a portal into the editorial bullpen of marvel in the late 80s you get the prize goblin prize i have i actually have no idea if the comics came out before the movie i have not done this research someone can look it up and correct you if you're wrong or confirm that you are in fact the winner of that no prize award the important thing is yes nobody understands madeline Pryor because nobody cares enough to understand what a complicated woman she is. Pretty much. Anyway, let's wrap it up and get to the fifth rule of witchiness. Can you tell me, is Madeline Pryor bonded to a sentience larger than herself? Yes. The Phoenix Force, which is a godlike sentience, bonds with her when Jean Grey dies on the moon. And then later, as I mentioned, she has her mind invaded by a hell demon, which I guess could count as a bond to a sentience as well. Yep. Also, I think it's worth noting that, like, as Madeline slowly turns evil mm -hmm. and realizes that her husband is not coming back to her, she instead seduces her husband's brother, which right. is also kind of badass, just a little right. bit Havoc, badass. right? She's a, yeah, she, and then... Um, and for the first time, possibly... He ever, becomes the Goblin kind of, Prince, right? He becomes the Goblin Prince and has... So the, the way that women in comics, when they turn evil, get, like, the skimpy outfit that reveals all their skin... <laughs> Alex gets that. He gets the dude version of that where his uniform just becomes like a shredded black leather thong. And that's it. You just have this like sleek little muscular blonde dude with just a tiny shredded leather thong. And it's just like, see, guys, we can do it to you, too. That's like the most female empowerment moment in <laughs> X-Men comics, I think, is like, is you know the what? Goblin she's Prince. the bad guy and she's going to make the dude be the sexy one for no reason whatsoever. I love it. I feel like that's a good bit of like turnabout right there. Yeah. I mean, she has so many good revenge moments too. I mean, granted, she most of her motivations in the comics have to do with revenge against Scott and revenge against Mr. Sinister, which to be fair, I mean, I would also feel the same way. But at one point, okay, we were talking about how she looks nothing like Jean Grey, even though she's a duplicate of Jean Grey. She, at one point, impersonates Emma Frost when Scott and oh, Emma Frost yeah. have a relationship. And she totally boinks Scott. And then he doesn't even know <laughs> that it's not, not Emma. It like, her. he has no clue whatsoever. And it's like, God, Scott. How do like, you not recognize your ex wife? How do you not recognize? You had a baby oh, together. Scott, you She's had the a baby mother together. of your child. Oh, Scott. You have only ever impregnated Scott, one so woman that we know of, and this is her. <laughs> Jeez, Scott. Anyway, complicated ladies. Just complicated. I love it so much. I love X Men. Mm -hmm. So, I love X Men. Now that we have introduced. Wanda Maximoff yep. and Madeline Pryor, yep. the Scarlet Witch, the Goblin Queen. Let's talk about our covens. If you had to have one and only one of these ladies in your mm -hmm. coven, who would you invite? Wanda Maximoff or Madeline Pryor? Mm. This is a tough choice. This is a tough choice. I think, I think I would invite Madeline because I feel so much empathy towards her. 
for what she's been through. And also, I mean, she did assemble the Sisterhood of Mutants team. The so Sisterhood I, of Mutants are so badass. I feel like she's down with a little, you know, a group dynamic kind of thing. And she has incredible powers. I, yeah. I really like Scarlet Witch. I find her really interesting, and um, she's probably really rad to hang out with. But I don't know, Madeline, I feel like my heart goes out to her. Also, she had like such a freaking hard time being in love with Scott, and like we could do so many hexes on Scott yeah. and finally get rid of him, maybe. What's so great about Scott? I don't know. What's so great about Scott? I don't know. Don't get me wrong. Like, he's had really good moments in the comics. I am firmly on the Cyclops was right side of X-Men versus Avengers. Sure. But- What's so great about Scott? Uh, not much. Get over it, Maddie. Move on. Move on. I, I feel like I could help her move. I could be like a really supportive coven sister for her. This is a good Moving plan. on. Yeah. What about you? While I respect that, like, so Wanda clearly is down with the studies. She goes out there and she studies every type of magic she can find. She is well-rounded. She could absolutely help with all sorts of different studies. And she would know what we're doing wrong and help us through it. At the same time... Madeline doesn't kill her friends. Yes. And Wanda does. Yes. And that's a problem. Yes. So like, yes, Madeline attacked the X-Men, but that was also after they kind of left her for dead. So I understand that a little bit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. sure, she turned evil, but you can still reason with her. She still has a bit of humanity in her. See the sisterhood. Wanda is very much a loose cannon. Mm -hmm. And while our magic would certainly be cool, I would never stop worrying about the day she has a bad dream and just kills me. That's totally fair. So I would invite Madeline into my... Cutting. I feel like it's the right choice. Also, she has that, yeah, ridiculous costume, but she gets to be Red Queen and Goblin Queen. Like that, like, I want to learn how to be a queen. She could totally teach me how to be a queen. Where would she teach you how to be a queen? I think she'd teach me how to be a queen at the Cauldron Cabaret. Now, this is a place where I think Madeline really shines because when she's chilling in limbo with her demon buddies, she is baller. Yes. She is the queen bitch. She is. She's got it on lockdown. Everybody listens to her. She has the best stories. She is just so confident. She's got it down. I want to see how cool she'd be in a club setting. I love it. It'd probably be awesome. Also, girl deserves herself a drink after everything that she's been through. For real. Mm -hmm. What about Wanda? How do you think Wanda's going to handle the club? Wanda, hmm, she is a decent conversationalist. I'm trying to figure out who amongst our guests would most appreciate Wanda's company. And I'm having a little bit of a hard time, largely because her personality has been so all over the map throughout Marvel history. History. That's just fair, yeah. I was going to say like the craft ladies, maybe. Oh, that's a scary combination. Because <laughs> I feel like they would smile and talk for like two minutes, and then Wanda would instantly shut them all down and point out every mistake they've ever made in their lives, both magical and personal. I don't, I don't see how this is a bad thing. You're not wrong about that. Maleficent oh, would be a fun one for Wanda. For I think. Wanda, interesting. Yeah, maybe. I could see them absolutely a comparing capes and headdresses. Mm -hmm. They have excellent mm -hmm. capes mm -hmm. and headdresses. True. But b just like comparing how unfairly they've been treated and how they're they've simply got the best intentions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I realize now that as soon as Maddie walks into this bar and sees Ileana behind the bar slinging drinks out of the hell dimension, there could be a little tension. I'm, af- I'm afraid. I'm afraid of the tension because there was that big fight that they had and then she took her powers that one time. Do you think they're cool now? I don't think that they will fight but I do think that for as long as both of them are in the bar, they will both know where each other is in the bar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They will never lose sight of one another. That's fair. As soon as Maddie walks in, Ileana's going to be like, okay, I need to keep an eye on her. Mm-hmm. As soon as Maddie walks in, she's going to see Ileana and go, okay, I need to keep an eye on her. Right. Because right. as soon as mm-hmm. one of them disappears, the other one's going to freak out and pull out their magical sword or whatever, summon mm-hmm. some demons, and start getting ready for a fight, which the rest of the bar patrons will not appreciate. What do you think about? Maddie and the Ghost Rider. Do you think that they're going to hang out? Yeah, Alejandra would be a lot of fun with Maddie. Alejandra would also be a lot of fun with Wanda, I think. I think she is your intermediary. I think Alejandra, the Ghost Rider, would absolutely be able to relate to both of our ex-ladies and help them sort of realize what their common ground is. Interesting. At the same time, I feel like Wanda and Maddie have a lot in common, Mm -hmm. as we've discussed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think they've ever really interacted in the comics so i feel like the two of them would take a little bit of time sort of sizing each other up trying to figure out what each of them are about they've both heard stories about the other probably yeah and i think it would take a few minutes for them to realize like we're not so different we have some common ground let's actually like sit down and have like a a nice glass of wine and discuss let's both make fun of scott summers lovely I mean, that's my recipe for a perfect lady outing. Sit down, glass of wine, make fun of Scott Summers. It occurs to me that like when they were teenagers, Wanda was pretty much best friends with Jean. And so maybe they would have some things to discuss there. Or maybe it would just be awkward for Wanda. Mm. No, I feel like if you met somebody who was just like somebody you were best friends with as a kid, you would just have a natural affinity towards them. You wouldn't be like, well, why aren't you like my best friend? Well, You would just sort of pick it up. Right? Also, too, when the Phoenix Force ends up in Maddie's body, it takes with it all of Jean Grey's memories and some of her attributes oh, and stuff. Right. So Madeline would probably have context for some of those things. Yeah, Maddie would remember the good times she had as a kid with Wanda. Yep. That makes sense. At the same time, Wanda is the one who eventually cast the Phoenix out into space after it came to Earth in Avengers vs. X-Men. Right. Because again, comics are a weird nebulous story machine. And they don't necessarily know how Wanda's powers work ever. Do you think the kid witches would get involved at all? Like Kiki and Sabrina? Well, I think and... that because both Madeline and Wanda have unfortunate um, trauma surrounding their own children, I think that they would be very protective of our kid witches and like want to take care of them a little bit. I hadn't know? even considered the way both of them lost their children. They did. Yep. I hadn't even considered the way both of them lost their children. That's why I was saying before that this like, uncomfortable theme of psychotic breaks losing your children and then doing something super terrible either becoming a villainous or depowering most of mutant kind and then they both met reconstituted versions of their children as teenagers oh my god that's crazy because 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 wanda didn't know her children after they like decorporated when she had a panic attack and then they sort of reconstituted and became teenagers and joined the avengers and then they met her yep and also maddie lost touch with nate when he traveled to the future to become cable yep but then she met nate x-man from age of apocalypse 
Oh my god, there's so many parallels between Wanda and Maddie. I feel like they're best friends now. That's it. Like, just have to give them their own table. Done. Keep Storm away from that table because she won't understand what is happening. <laughs> bad scene. Oh, Wanda yeah. and Maddie Don't are go besties. There, give them the best table in the house. I love best it. Best friends. Okay, I feel great about that. I think that about wraps things up for this episode of Which Witch is Witch. Now that you've heard what we have to say, what do you think? Who would you invite into your coven? Let us know at witchwitchcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at witchwitchcast. That's W-H-I-C-H-W-I-T-C-H-C-A-S-T. We'll see you next year with a whole new bunch of wonderful, magical ladies. Thanks for hanging out with us in 2017. We'll see you in 2018. In the meantime, don't upset the Elder Gods. Subscribe to Witch Witches Witch on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, or wherever your pods may be cast. Until then, remember... Cyclops' baby into or more alternate timelines. He's fine. Glowing eye on one side. Cyclops' baby is gonna save the X-Men tonight.